Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, Steve, now you know who your Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines are going to play. And it's the Washington Huskies and the local kid. The local kid make good. You see, he shouted out to Dade City, Tampa, Florida, Michael Penix Jr. He did, an all-Big Ten final. How about that? And I thought the SEC was, as they used, as the kids used to say, the cat's pajamas. Uh, well, it does mean more, Rick. Oh, true. And first of all, you can't really call Washington a Big Ten team, can we? Not just yet. Well, you can't call Texas an SEC school either, but. <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. By the way. Can McConaughey get off the bench? I mean, he literally is on the bench now. That was a weird deal. Um, that, how about those two semifinal games, though? Aren't you glad Florida State won? <laughs> as much as I look. As the, the advocate that I was. The committee got it wrong. Florida State deserved to be in. Yeah. But they got two great games. They got two fantastic games, and this is about TV. What was it you were saying about the ratings? The Rose Bowl had over 27 million people watching. Holy and it was on ESPN and, you know, that. It, it would have been the second highest Monday night football game on ESPN ever. Ever. Oh, my God. That's incredible. That is, that is such a huge number. Mm-hmm. So, my, you know, if you got Disney stock, good for you because now they can charge more for those advertisers. That's incredible. Yeah, well, just, look, just a they, huge monster ratings number. I mean, both games combined averaged over $22 million. They were both phenomenal games, and you talk about down to the wire. We know, you know, obviously Alabama got stopped on the quarterback draw and fourth down, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the, the low snap was part of it, and, you know, as Nick, as Nick Saban said, you know, we, we had our chances. We just didn't execute. And- uh, Hasselbeck on ESPN last night showed, diagrammed the play and said it was mm-hmm. close to actually being very successful. Yeah, the low snap threw the timing off. He was supposed to follow the guard that had pulled. Right. Michigan DB that blitz went too deep, mm. and that it was there, but the timing got thrown off because the snap wasn't right. Because he had to field it down low. And, yeah, and then the Michigan D lineman because of the timing, the two hundred forty five pound defensive lineman shoved the three hundred sixty pound lineman back into the backfield. Is that right? Yeah. Jesus, and that's and that's where the the tackle got made. But nice play. But it actually wasn't that far off from being a successful try. Yeah. It's got to be perfect, and it wasn't. Um, but they were down there. They were there. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. And then, I mean, you were telling me this. I, I was in and out consciously uh, trying to hang in there and watch the end of that Washington game. I did see that the last play. What I didn't know until I saw the running back getting carted off is that Washington probably could have run out the clock if not for an injury. They should have, except the running back got hurt when Texas had no timeouts left, and because an injury late, you had to call timeout. Mm. And so that stopped the clock. And so Texas, instead of getting the ball back with 10 or 15 seconds left deep in their territory, got yeah. it back with just under a minute left. Mm-hmm. And Washington also made a mistake on the, the punt, kick catch right. interference. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can't, you know, you're a defender. You can't come near them on that one. So, no. you know, they, they caught it deep, but 15 yards, and then they had a big play, and all of a sudden Texas had They're a shot there. to win that game. Oh, did they ever. And it was a pretty good throw but a better play by the defensive back who did not interfere. He just punched that thing out of the way, and, and that was the game. But I've seen Washington probably play about three or four games this year. Uh, I saw both Oregon games. That team will not blink. Like, you think they're done. They need a drive. They need a field goal. Uh, their backs are to the wall. Their defense has it to make a stop. They just know how to finish games. And, they you know, they play so many close games, but they always win them. It's been it's been it's been incredible to watch, and so for that reason, look, I I think they have a great final. I would fa- I think wouldn't I think favor we would favor Michigan in this one. I, don't, I haven't seen the odds. I believe they're the favorite. I think by I saw last night two and a half points. Two and a half, yeah, that sounds about right. But I'll tell you what, man, uh, the clutchest quarterback left by far is Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. I mean that dude. 
is so accurate. We were talking about this for the podcast. Love the way he throws, you know, um, can he throws darts. Can just, yeah. I mean, just and 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 not just, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, that intermediate guy, 15 to 20 yards, this dude, it throws as good a deep ball as you'll ever see. Uh, and he can locate anything, any type of throw. If he needs touch, if it's, if it's you know back shoulder, whatever it has to be. Um, and he has got the quick release, the strong arm. He's a lefty, so it looks kind of, I don't know, it looks different, right? Somebody did this thing on the internet that all the kids look look at, and they turned it around to make him a right hander. You know, mm-hmm. however they do that with a mirror or whatever. If you watch him throw from right as a right hander, it looks it looks fine. <laughs> I don't know why, but it kind of. I don't know, as a lefty, you're just not used to seeing that many left-handed quarterbacks. Well, it's and, like uh, the left-handed baseball swing. You turn it around, yeah, it looks smooth. weird. But it, yeah. But lefties right. make it look smooth. Righties never So get... smooth, yeah. I mean, he's the, you got that Ken Griffey like gait to him. But um, he's been he's been so good this year and seems like such a nice kid that, I don't know, I don't I, I didn't go to Washington, obviously, and, and we'll have to worry about Arkansas State, Michigan next year, Steve. But you saw that you on the schedule. The, yeah, I know. Oh God, <laughs> and we still got Butch. So it's not going to be good. Uh, but you like you like the the good story, and he's a local guy, and so he's a good story. So, and I know Jim Harbaugh, and I've hung out with the guy and his family, and you know his wife and kids and all that. Uh, you want to pick that name up? But uh, I I still I kind of like the Washington story. I like I like Michael Penix's story, and not for nothing, but. I know, I know that LSU, like J- the Daniels, had unbelievable numbers, right? I still think Penix should have won the Heisman. Can you th- remember? He can you remember another Heisman Trophy winner that doesn't have a moment you remember in the season? That's the thing, and yet, and, and he's I, a phenomenal quarterback and, and great stats. Well, his numbers and, and they had a good stupid. season. Yeah, they had a yeah, good, se- they had a really good season. But yeah, but but he didn't it's have weird a moment. not to have a moment or a game that you just went wow, you know, against a huge opponent. Right, you know that that they were the reason you won a game. I think he just, I think he carved up Florida pretty good. He did. No, I mean, um, he, look, he was really good. I mean, you yeah, know, you can't sit there. And, had, he didn't deserve it necessarily, but yeah, but Penix had some big games and big moments and huge, just huge. And and usually that's what you look for. And I had this conversation with Matt Baker on because uh, he voted um, for Daniels as well, and he said, "No, it's not even close." I was like. What do you what do you mean? He goes, well, look at these numbers, and rushing and and passing. Like when you when you put them together, they're like mm-hmm. spectacular, you know. But then you go and you look, and it's like, yeah, not every SEC team is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had some big games against some guys that mm, aren't that good. Um, and I don't know, not not that the Pac-12 was the best conference in the country, but I did see Penix on you know those two Oregon games. Go back. Those are two of the finest college football games of the season, both those games. And Oregon had them twice. And Washington just just has a knack to to finish. And the the belief that they have, you mentioned this, like their defense gives up some yards, but if they need to stop by God, they get it. You know? And the same is true with Penix. I remember the first Oregon game, he had to take them down with no timeouts and go down and kick a field goal and get them in field goal range. And, you know, big chunk play, a couple plays, pop, 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 and then they kick the field goal and they win. Um, and that's happened time and time again, that if they stumbled just once, they wouldn't have never made it this far. And here they are in the national championship. It's a really good story. It really is. Um, but I still, I still think Michigan should be favored and is probably the better team. Although, you know, okay. So you do the confidence picks like in the Super Bowl or some, some Mm -hmm. big events, coach quarterback confidence. Okay. Okay. I got confidence in Harbaugh. I do. Even though you know they won as many games without him as they did with him, but okay, Harbaugh's a brand. He's he knows what he's doing. But do you have as much confidence in your quarterback as as Michael Penix? I think I'd give Penix the edge. I would give Penix the edge, but which defense do you have confidence in? Well, uh, oh, definitely, definitely Michigan's. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's, it's not close. You know, it's you know, strength on strength. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It is. You know, so I, it's look. I think it's going to be a good game. I I hope it is. I would think high higher scoring than what we saw with Alabama and them. I would think maybe not because Jimmy's going to run the ball. 
Yeah, I think Michigan's going to have to figure out how to put up more points than they did against Bama. Mm-hmm. And against the Washington defense, they may well do that. But well, that's true too. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Bama's defense is better than Washington. So yeah, yeah. I mean, JJ McCarthy's got a better game, and the special teams has to be better. Yeah, their special, their special teams, teams is awful. Yeah, like how you bad. won that game when you got beat that bad in special teams? Oh, the field position and the yeah, the mistakes were unbelievable. It just it kind of shows you how much better Michigan was all the way around. Sure, they could overcome all that, you know. I'm telling you, they can run the football now. Whew. Dudes can run it. They don't care that you know they're going to run it because they're going to run it. <laughs> it's impressive. But I, I also, you know, the more I've been thinking about this and, and kind of listening to the shows, I think win or lose, this is Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. And I think you said that the other night. I, I really do believe that too. I mean, anything can happen, right? First, got to have a team in the NFL that wants them, and that's something we don't know. We don't know what discussion. Well, someone that the, wants him and will give him what he wants. Control. And, and, and that, control in addition. Thing. to The money will be there. The money's going to be there anywhere he goes, whether he stays at Michigan or, or, or moves well, but, on. Yeah, I'm saying the NFL team will back up the Brinks. If they want him, they'll back it up. They'll, they'll, have, they'll pay give him more. The control. They'll pay more, yeah. And know that he's going to run roughshod through your organization. Oh, he'll burn it down, but you might win one mm-hmm. or two Super Bowls too. Now, he hadn't won one yet, but he did He did go to one. And he went to a bunch of Nash, a bunch of – NFC title games. Mm-hmm. Um, if not for his brother, he'd probably have a ring. But knows how to win, and he's not going to want unless he's handpicked. He's not going to want the Trent Bauke type to tell him what to do. You know that that that's sort of where they bumped heads out there. Is that you know I mean, you know how he is, right? He's eaten mm-hmm. up with it. So, um, but hey. For whatever they thought Michigan thought they were getting with Harbaugh, and I know he lost the first five games to Ohio State and things were pretty dark and gloomy, he fulfilled his promise, man, and then some. He's been fantastic. I mean, you yeah. know, look, if, if whether win or lose Monday night, if Harbaugh, if that's his last game and he rides off and goes to the NFL, right? you can't be mad if you're a Michigan fan. No, three straight semifinals, uh, one, one championship game. Um I mean, outside Project of your Jack huge Rose. alumni base, for 10 years you were irrelevant for the, in college football for the most part. Good point, yeah. For Under Rich Rodriguez Since and Lloyd Brady Hope. Right? I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had, you had some players and you had a couple years where you were okay. I mean, Brady Hoke went to the Sugar Bowl, like 11-2 and two that year. Mm-hmm. And you had, like, Denard Robinson. You had some players. Mm-hmm. But you weren't in the conversation for national titles. You weren't in the conversation for Big Ten championships. No. And maybe it took Harbaugh a little longer to get there than you'd hoped. Mm-hmm. You know, they were ready to ride him out of town. Well, they had to get the sign stealing down. And then once they well, did that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love Jim, man. You talk about a guy that knows how to block and bridge, right? Like any question you ask him, he's not going there. Like he's just not, and he's going to do it in the most friendly way ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, Jim, uh, you know, with all that you've been through, tell us, is this like the ultimate. You know, retribution for the you know the scandals and the thing. That, yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, I I can't wait for the flight home. Uh, yeah, they be, asked about his future, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. my future is going to be a happy flight home to Ann Arbor, yeah. Michigan. It's going to be great. That's that's the, what's in my future is that flight." And it, hey, talk to this guy. Talk yeah. to this guy. Every post game, inter- every post game interview has a player with him. He, he yeah. answers one question and says, <laughs> "Talk to this guy." Talk to this guy <laughs> in the most friendly way. Thanks, Jim. There ought to be a prop bet on that, but it wouldn't pay very well because it's going to happen every game. <laughs> yeah, he's, it, the prop bet would be how many seconds before he was to leave. I'm waiting until he brings a play over in the pregame interviews and then answers one That's question right. and says, talk to this guy. <laughs> That's right. That's, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about kicking off. And, uh, talk to this and guy. <laughs> and then talk to the kicker. Yeah, when he comes out. Talk to some special teams coach. Oh, my God. It's going to be fun, though, wherever he ends up. It'll be electric. They're writing columns, and uh, some of my friends in the LA Times, or whatever, are all over them, uh, talking about how you know this, what a great hire for the Chargers if they get them. Or you know, I've been down this road with uh, the celebrity head coaches, but uh, it should be fun wherever he lands. But he's he's gonna he's gonna write you twelve leads a year and gonna take some oxygen. But it, it, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a, a nice matchup, and I I hope it's a close game. But um, 
I like both teams, so there's no real losers for me in this one. I know you're obviously got loyalties to Michigan, and rightfully so. I think Penix is a good story, so if he won it, that wouldn't bother me. So we got some mailback questions we're going to get to. But first, I wanted to uh, remind you guys, uh, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems all throughout Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best insulation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with environmentally friendly investment. Well, now May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and the most reliable equipment. May Electric Solar also offers you a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, your electrical equipment, and your replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowners with no deductibles or additional fees, and this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we got time for some mailbag questions. Some are even relevant to what we discussed on this podcast. So let's get started. Well, first we'll go with Sean, who said, Heading to the Bucks game versus the Panthers this Sunday. Any idea which section is the splash zone? <laughs> what? Is there a splash zone? The David Tepper splash zone. Oh, the David Tepper splash zone. Good point. Um, I don't know, but I would, you know what? You could throw drinks on me all you want to if I can get get paid here's what i want to know well the problem is the guy's not getting paid is the nfl finding finding and, and the thing is they find david tepper three hundred thousand dollars and if you consider that he's worth like 27 billion with a b um that like equates to less than one one percent of one percent or some such nonsense like it's like a 14 dollar parking ticket to you and me um so you talk about the proverbial you know drop in the bucket and i didn't think his statement was all that contrite either um to be honest with you like he almost sort of acknowledged that well you know you could almost see him becoming seething. a daniel snyder type oh i think he's eclipsing daniel snyder now daniel snyder had a lot of creepy you know tendencies with uh sexual harassment and stuff and it's just a toxic organization that was going on over there so there's that but no i no question that David Tepper uh, is going to be the Daniel Snyder of his time. And uh, sadly, in my opinion, and look, I don't know the man, but just from what I've seen um, so far, you know, it, it, it appears that the only requirement, only requirement to be an NFL owner these days is you just got to have the money. If you've got billions and uh, you're willing to pay these exorbitant f- franchise fees or whatever, yeah, they'll take you on. Well, the problem is when you're selling franchises for 5 or $6 billion, Exactly. Like, it cuts out the there's people. There's not right? many people that have a shot <laughs> no. to be an owner. I know. Like, So you can't get too picky once you get to there. No, no, because you're asking for tens of, you know, tens of billions of dollars. I mean, these things sold, what, the the Washington football team sold for over $6 billion. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think the franchise values are going to go to ten once they have the gambling inside the stadium and uh, all that gets done. But yeah, it's it's just a very select group of even even the rich people think they're filthy rich. You know, um, the multimillionaires are like they can't even entertain it. Or if you've got one or two billion, yeah, you 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 don't have enough cattle. Don't even come to us. You got to be Jeff Bezos these days. But um, that was reprehensible, by the way. I mean, did you see that video? Mm-hmm. Like, he literally throws a drink. And then did he say something? I haven't seen the comments yet, and I didn't see his. I read his statement, or at least the one they put published online. I don't know if he said anything else about it. Somebody told me that he made a comment about, and this could be wrong as rain, so, you know, I'm a journalist. I haven't checked the facts here. But somebody told me he made a comment about, like, well, it was really expensive alcohol, and he just throw it at anybody or, you know. Something like that. No, I, he's, I didn't see that, but wow, if he did. Yeah, wow is right. I want to know, and I truly do, I want to know what is the dude getting that got that got the drink thrown at him? 
That's a good He's got to get something, doesn't he? I would think, or uh, you're going to see a lawsuit. I mean, there's no bodily harm here unless there was acid in that cup, but I'm just saying, like, you gave $300,000 to the league for bad behavior. Can you can you cut this guy something? Season tickets to his to his team, not yours? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's getting something. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Or he'll just go on the talk show circuit and make money that way, but uh not that I want a bunch of alcohol poured down my back. They do that in Philadelphia, and they don't pay you for it because no. the owners aren't the ones doing it. But it happens in a lot of stadiums. All right, Michael yep. asks, yep. is Todd Bowles coaching for his job this Sunday? I think yes. And and I I think, listen, and it's, there's just no way around this. NFL coaches are coaching for their job every Sunday. It's just as simple as that. Now, you know, there's 17 of these games which isn't a hell of a lot. It's like the equivalent. One game is the equivalent of ten, about 10 baseball games. So if you lost 10 in a row, okay, in baseball, everybody would be like, oof, that's not good. Well, if you lost 20 in a row or you lost 40 out of 50, that would look pretty grim. Well, that's, that's what these guys did until they got hot. Um, and then they won 40 in a row. But, yeah, the, answer, the short answer is sure. Because, look, for as great of a of a comeback as they have made, okay, um, they went they won for a solid month and they had a chance to close out, you know, one of the historically bad divisions and do it at home and they failed. And they didn't just fail, they they laid the egg. They they failed miserably. Right? Now they got another chance. But that chance comes in Carolina. You literally could not have asked for a weaker opponent, right? I mean, this team has won two games all season long. They're they're two and fourteen. And last week, when they played the Jaguar team that you beat the week before, and they got shut out twenty six to nothing. Carolina got shut out by the Jags. And that zero wasn't just a zero; it was a whoa zero. It was less than a hundred and thirty total yards in the game zero. They weren't even they weren't even remotely competitive. It was, you know, the worst game that Bryce Young has had and, and uh I don't know, maybe Andy Dalton plays this week. I don't really know what they're gonna do. Because I think Bryce got nicked up. But this is a terrible football team. And right now it's a terrible organization. I mean, they fired a head coach eleven games. He got eleven games. They hired him and gave him eleven games and then fired him. David Tepper does not know what he's doing, clearly. Except, you know, he, he doesn't control his anger very well because he's throwing drinks at people. So, in a game like this where it's week 17 or week 18, but 17th and final game for Carolina, they know they're going home, okay? They have nothing to play for. And believe me, all that pride crap, you know, well, we're playing for pride. Oh, you're playing for the name on the back of your jersey. You know, oh, you know, they're going to watch the film. And eh. I, I've been part of too many games where nothing was at stake the final game. And you go out there and you compete, but as soon as it's clear that you're down, you know, one or two or three scores, you know, it, at that point it's fold the tents. We're going home. And so these guys have their golf clubs. They got their bags packed. They know they're done, right? All you have to do is go out there and, and you are the better football team. Go out and play like it, you know? Like you got the better talent. Uh, you certainly have more motivation. And if you're Baker Mayfield, you want the million dollars that comes with winning the NFC South. Oh, by the way, he didn't get that check last week. So, to me, there's no reason to lose to this team. So, if you're telling me that they're going to lose, go, you know, bite their way back, have control of their own destiny, and then go loss-loss, including one at home that was terrible, but losing to a 2-14, and 14, yeah. At that point, I don't even think the most convincing argument would be convincing enough now you know realistically and they take their time like i don't even if he were to lose the game i don't know that that black monday is is the day they would decide could be but it's rare like they've done it a couple times when they knew like with shiano and some others but for the most part they probably take a little while and you know the arguments are going to be well what did we expect this team was? Like when the year started, we said what, right? Like, oh, 
we should win 12, 14 games. We should be the number one seed in the NFC. Like, no. Even the Bucks in their wildest dreams, we're not saying that we think we're a Super Bowl team. We'd love to go to the Super Bowl, and the goal is to just get in the tournament and get hot, and you never know what can happen. I mean, that's the goal every year. But when you're, you know, 80-something million in dead cap money, 50-something million over the cap, when you can't sign but a free agent and your own guy, um, when you don't have a quarterback on the roster when you're hiring an offensive coordinator who hasn't called plays in his career since high school, like all these things, if you go back and say, you know, we had all these things stacked against us and yet we were trying to thread the needle to win a very bad division, and we did, you know, like that's – I just don't know what more you expected, you know? Now, if they think that Todd Bowles is never going to win a Super Bowl, if they think that he just doesn't have the it factor and, you know, he he's not going to take us to the next level, look, they fired this team, fired Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy's a Hall of Fame coach, and he built a Hall of Fame defense with four Hall of Fame players. But he couldn't get over the hump, in part because he just never had the right offense or the right quarterback. Well, it turned out he had the right quarterback because he won the Super Bowl, but uh, they weren't able to get it done on offense until Gruden got here, and Gruden brought that piece, brought in Joe Jervis, brought in Keenan McCardell, brought in Michael Pittman, did some stuff on the offensive line, and his play calling, and they weren't great during the year. They didn't score a lot of points, but in the, in the postseason they got hot, got hot at the right time, and the defense did the rest. Um, so if you're going to fire Tony Dungy, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, you can fire Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles has a sub-500 record for his career, you know? He had one winning season with the Jets. He's had no winning seasons in Tampa. Although, I would argue there's a banner hanging in the, in the facility, so that counts whether you win 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. But to go one game better uh, to win the division, um, my colleague, Scott Reynolds, who you know, does the uh, Insider Show with me on Sunday, we disagree about this. He thinks, and this is before the loss, um, you know, the other the other day to New Orleans, he thinks that Bulls has to not only win the division, but also has to win a playoff game. And I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they're going to play Dallas or Philadelphia, most likely Philly. And yeah, Philly has been vulnerable. They're, they've, they've been playing badly, and their secondary is a mess, and their coaching staff's a mess and all that. Um, but there's there's not going to be a, a ton of shame necessarily losing losing to the Eagles, depending on how far they go. So I don't I mean, you know, if if he thinks if he thinks that it has to be a playoff game for him to keep his job, yeah, then to me that indicates that you should fire him anyway. Well, no, the Glazers made up their mind before the season. Yeah, I'd agree because you you've you're fifty five million dollars you're fifty five million dollars in dead cap money, right? You knew you you couldn't field the same type of deep roster other NFL teams could. You because, couldn't give them what Tom Brady had the year before when they won eight with mm-hmm, Tom Brady. Right. Because you had so, – so if, if it requires a playoff win to right. keep your job. Right. Then you've already made up your mind. Then, right? then the decision was made before the season began. And that's a great point. That's a good way to put it. That it really it, It's kind of what we kind of thought anyway or it might happen. Mm-hmm. That, look, we got $55 million in debt cap money. Why bring in a new coach this year? That has no chance to win, right. no way to sign free agents, not a high draft pick, mm-hmm. right? All yeah. those things. So wait a year to do that. Right. You know, which, which was always one of the possibilities going into this year, that that was the plan all along. If, if you believe at this point with a division title on the line for the last week, but you think Todd has to win a playoff game to keep his job, then the decision was probably made before the season. And yeah, th- that winning that playoff game would say, well, maybe we need to reevaluate what we thought. You sound to me a lot like different circumstance, obviously, but you sound to me a lot like Raheem Morse. You sound to me a lot like, hey, we've got three uncapped years. We're not going to sign any free agents. We don't really have low expecta- high expectations. Oh, they went 10-6. and six. They didn't make the playoffs. But you know what? We just need a dude that will take it on, not complain, be grateful to be the head coach, and, and take the bullets for us. You know, Just kind of like you know, let us get back on track financially. Let us get back on track in the draft. The problem that they have is that they've won too many games now. You know, um, now it'll be different if they lose to Carolina. There'll be a precipitous drop in the mm-hmm. draft order because you're not a playoff team. But right now, I think they're like 19th, right? So, well, and if you win a playoff game, then you're going to be oh, you're even, even higher, higher at that or point. lower, as the case may be. 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, if you're talking about, well, if your goal is to, to get, you know, a, a quarterback and it's a great quarterback draft, I don't think picking in the twenties is going to help you with that. Um, now you're looking at free agents and, and sure, you you know, you got your books in order. Could you go get a Kirk cousins or somebody like that? Yeah, you could. Um, or you could resign Mayfield. Like there's stuff you can do now because you got a little more flexibility in the salary cap, but you've also got your own free agents to deal with too. Um, so I don't know. It, you're right though. It's a, it's a fair point because I think if you were willing and, and probably thinking that to hire a new head coach after Brady with no money, uh, we're setting that guy up to fail. So his first year is going to be a real negative. How do we sell him the next year? You're better off just saying, let's just dance with who we brought. And then if we have to make a change, our books will be better. Our situation will be better. And then we'll go after whoever we go after. And look, if it comes to it, we know that the Glazers are big game hunters. You know, they haven't landed them all. That's for sure. Uh, but they had Chip Kelly until five o'clock in the morning when Chip Kelly was a big deal at Oregon. And then ironically, the next year he went to Philly and he won 10 games a year uh, while he was there for a while. Um, and, you know, they had Bill Parcells when they first bought, bought the team and they fired Tony Dungy and, and Parcells signed a contract that they trotted out a year later and wanted draft picks for from Dallas. Um, and so that, that was a big deal. They got John, they traded for John Gruden. They traded two ones, two twos and $8 million. Al Davis wanted Warren Sapp. He got 8 million instead. That was a huge deal, right? So these guys love to go after the big names and you've got maybe a Bill Belichick out there. Um, you know, maybe, uh, and how about the guy you know? How about Todd Munkin? I mean, is there is there going to be a hotter assistant in the NFL than Todd Munkin this year when Lamar Jackson wins the MVP trophy and, for that might, that matter, has the number one seed in the AFC and could win the Super Bowl? He'll be up there. And they love him. Mm-hmm. And he loves Tampa. He's told me that. I, I'm friends with the dude. Like, when I say friends, I mean, like, you know, I'm not calling every day or anything, but, like, um, we had a good relationship, and, and I – talked to him after he interviewed here and he said look rick i love tampa i'd love to work there again didn't have a quarterback and at that time there was no baker mayfield which he loves baker mayfield you know he was in he was in cleveland one year and freddie kitchens called the plays but he i i sat with him when they, they played in the preseason here and we we're talking about baker and he goes man i love the dude they'll his, his, his teammates will follow him anywhere he's just that guy and um so i don't I think he particularly he tried to get him to go to the Ravens as a backup. That was one of his options to back up Lamar because you know Lamar was holding out and been hurt before, and you just don't know. And Todd felt completely comfortable with Mayfield. So there's some selling points there. So like if, if you know behind the scenes where things happen, right? Like Bruce Arians, were we surprised Dirk Cutter got fired? No. How quickly was Bruce the guy in here? Um, probably before he got fired, if you want to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a CBS broadcaster, and Jason talked to him. But Jason knew he would come back if he could get his guys back, which they all were available. You know, so, like, the the back channels and and whatever they're thinking has already begun to go into motion, right? Just like it did with the quarterback. I mean, I remember talking to Clyde Christensen um, before they got Brady, and the season had just ended. I was at the Super Bowl in Miami. And Clyde told me, he goes, you know what I'm doing? I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the free agent quarterbacks, and he goes, and I'm, I'm doing scouting reports, and I got these guys like Phillip Rivers, and, you know, went down the list, and he goes, there's one Brady, won six Super Bowls. <laughs> like, you know, he goes, I can't even believe I'm looking at this. And But lo and behold, you know, they were already well in their way, and we talked to, you know, Bruce at the Combine, and, he kind of slipped up and we asked him if there was anybody that, you know, he would pick up the phone for. And he said, yeah, Tom Brady, you know, which was tampering, but nobody got him on it. And and you knew Winston was done the minute he threw a pick six in his final game under Bruce for number, what, number 30. Um, but that was, you know, that, that was something that was what the Glazers love. They love being relevant. They want to be the team that everybody talks about. And, you know, yeah, for that reason, the long, long answer to a very short question was, you're damn right uh, he's coaching for his job, as he as he does each and every day, because uh, there's a lot of reasons why the Glazers may want to move on. But they, I'll say this, 
they're generally pretty meticulous in the process. And I'm sure the process of evaluation has been ongoing. Um, but there will come a time where they'll sit with Jason Light and get his input and get others, and they'll make a decision. And, um, you know, they want to win Super Bowl. So that's all I can tell you. Greg kind of added on to this. Mm-hmm. says, can you remember another game with this much significance for the franchise than this Sunday's game versus Carolina? The Bucks' current head coach, quarterback, linebacker, and star wide receiver could all be going elsewhere depending on this game. In 2019, a two-game losing streak to end the season resulted in Tom Brady. Yeah, that was a big one because uh, I think Jameis had gone for 462 and 464 back-to-back games. They beat Indianapolis to get to 7-7. to And I remember writing that these next two games, he has a real chance to save his career here. You know, he's in fifth year or final year of his contract. But he had looked good enough in those games to get him back to 500. And they had two winnable games. They were playing a, a weak Houston team, which did have Deshaun Watson, but was bad on defense. And they were playing Atlanta, which was bad all the way around. And uh, Jameis Winston absolutely threw around, threw away both games. Um, there was a pick six early against Houston, I want to say. And then, of course, the game went to overtime or close to it, I believe, against Atlanta. And on one of the first possessions, he threw a pick six to, to end his career here. Um, so yeah, those games were just as important for Jameis, for the franchise, what they were going to do. And of course it landed them Tom Brady and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, there's another game I remember, um, that turned out to be just as significant. I, I, I don't know that we believed it at the time because frankly, I thought that Gruden had built up enough equity to keep his gig, but they were nine and three. And they had the number one seed in the NFC. Now, that was back when they played 16 games, right? So you've got four games left. That's it. And you're the number one seed. But but the other team that has the same record as you is Carolina. And they're in your division. So they're playing Carolina on a Monday night game in Carolina. And it's sort of like for, you know, supremacy of the NFC South and and or, uh, you know, keep the number one seed in the playoffs. And when I tell you they got beat now, oof, they gave up, just as memory serves, I think they gave up close to 250 yards rushing. They got runned over, baby. It was not pretty in a Monday night football game, no less. And so you're like, okay, well, all right, so they're 9-4, and four, still a really good record. They still got three games left, including the finale, I believe, that year was against the Raiders. And not just any Raiders quarterback. Not Daryl LaMonica, not Kenny Stabler, not Jeff George. No. How about this guy, Jamarcus Russell, a guy that barely beat anyone in his very shortened career. And Jamarcus Russell went out there with Michael Bush at, at running back, and they did the they did the Bucks. They beat him at Raymond James. And it was like, ooh, that was bad, man. And so they finished with four straight losses. Um, so they were nine in what, nine and five? No, not, no, what would have been nine and six? How many games they played? They played 16. So it's nine and seven. They were nine and seven because they lost four in a row. So they're nine and seven. But even then, John had before the season, him and Bruce Allen had both signed extensions, like at least three years. And so you're not even, it's not even on the radar, right? It's like, ooh, really bad collapse, but you know, they're not going to let this guy go. And then of course, uh, it wasn't Black Monday or even the next week, but three weeks later, three weeks went by. And uh, that's the story where I'm at the AFC Championship game and, you know, getting ready to write off quote sheets uh, from Mike Tomlin, and I see Adam Schefter on NFL. Now, Cordy made big news in Tampa. John Gruden and Bruce Allen both fired. I never went to bed. I didn't cover the playoff game. I got on a plane, came back home, and they had already decided that Raheem Morris was going to be coach. And – you know, Mark Tomlin was going to be GM. And it reminds me a little bit of Todd Bowles is going to be coach, you know, and Jason Light's going to continue to be GM. Um, I don't know, but I don't know. I I still think it's hard uh, for all those coaches and for Bowles in particular to tell him you won nine games and a second straight division title regardless of what you do in the playoffs. And, yeah, but we still don't like you, and so you're gone. Like, that would have been a decision that you're right, Steve. That would have been made before the season started. I just don't think you gave the guy a fair shake if he's able to do that. 
Because after all, Tom Brady won eight games last year. And and you could argue that he had better players. He certainly had more expensive players. Um, and that's why they were hit with his salary cap burden. So for Baker Mayfield to come in here and win more games than Tom Brady and, and win the division, um, do you have to win a playoff game? I, I don't know. And, and tell me how you lose it if you don't. Like, you know, is it a last-second field goal? Is Hail Mary, like what happens in the game? Um, so all that's still yet to be played, but uh, it's somewhat unpredictable. There's somewhat unpredictable. I I just feel like if he won the division, I believe that he's going to be safe, whether he wins a playoff game or not. Scott and others believe that no, he'd have to he'd have to at least win one playoff game. All right, Michael asks, "What's the Bucks' backup plan if Rashad White went down? And do the Bucks have any interest in Dalvin Cook?" I don't know that they have a great backup plan. I mean, it's Chase Edmonds, to be honest with you. And Chase has been running really, really well of late. He seems to have kind of, you know, gotten the rhythm of that outside zone blocking scheme. And so he's not getting a ton of carries, maybe five or six a game, just to give White some fresh legs at the end of the game where they really want him to be fresh. So that's worked out well. Um, you don't have Keyshawn Vaughn. You, got, you, you Basically, it's Sean Tucker, who, you know, was a rookie from Syracuse. And Chase Edmonds, and and that's all you got. I've always thought that they could have used another back, maybe a big back, maybe a short yardage guy. I don't know what Dalvin Cook has left in his uh, tank right now. But that doesn't seem like a horrible signing to me, you know, uh, just to give yourself some depth if if you were to lose your running back going into the postseason. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is playoff Lenny back in the practice squad with New England, or is he on the right regular roster? I know he played one <laughs> game. I don't know bring big playoff Lenny back, but you might be looking at a running back somewhere along the line. If you've only got a couple on the roster that you're comfortable with. Sure. I could see that happening, but uh, they won't have much of a chance if they lose white, uh, at least the way white has played up until last week when they used them the right way, like inexplicably, they just decided, you know what? Throwing the ball to white has been such a good thing that we're not even going to do it. <laughs> It's like, wait, that'll, that'll trick you, the other team. We just yeah, won't do it. We'll never successful. expect this. We're just going to run it up the middle. And I couldn't believe we got through the first half and not one target. Now, when you go three and out three times out of four, you that, don't have that the doesn't help. That doesn't help. Yeah, that really doesn't help you at all. Uh, and yet, um, I still think he should come out and be a big focal part of the offense every every series and catch a ball or two. And they didn't throw it to him. Um, I think that's going to change this week. I think they'll get back to their usual selves. But, uh, yeah, I, running back is not an easy thing to pick up this time of year. Uh, it is, however, an, an instinctive position. So it's not like, hey, you know, where you got to know things is protections. And mm-hmm. if they were to get another running back, they probably m- most likely would not use the guy in, in past situations or whether you know there could be a, a blitz here or there. Um, just to avoid any kind of confusion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, teams that's what teams will do. You're going to see some teams in the playoffs add players and fill in here and there with some of their injured guys as they get to that second season. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, Steve, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost to a pretty good Winnipeg team uh, on this three-game road trip. This is probably the best one they'll face, and they're really pretty hot right now. I think I saw where they're like 11, 1, and mm-hmm. 2 or something like that the last. Lightning actually played pretty well. I mean, they were doing everything you wanted, put lots of shots on net. Yeah, um, up one nothing. Got an early lead on the power play. Steven Stamkos now tied for 17, 18th on power play goals with Steve Eiserman. Incredible. You know who's up next he'll catch is Wayne Gretzky. Jeez. Oh, when you start mentioning those kind of names that's, that you're catching. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, but they you know, played well. They just the, the puck wasn't going in. Connor Hellebuck's a hell of a goalie. Yeah, um, Winnipeg is. plays really good defense. And, you know, the Lightning, 
gave up a couple, gave up an early goal in the second, and then Vasilevsky misplay gave up the third oh. goal. Uh, an empty netter was the bad. fourth goal. So, such um, a bad play by Vas. I hate it when he plays the puck. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know why he has a. If he has one weakness, it's that. And well, we got so spoiled here with Ben Bishop, who was one of the best ever to play the puck. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he was really good at it. And so you got spoiled. Yeah, you know that when you go from Bishop to anybody, true, it's a that's step true. down. Yeah, that's true. But that is yeah. that is an area of his game that it, you don't feel confident when he goes to play the puck. Strength, no. Mm-hmm. If he's pressured and and playing the puck, you you do get a little nervous. Yeah. So yeah. Lightning, I, I, Lightning now go to Minnesota and Boston on this road trip. Are the Wild any good? They're not very good, right? Um, they started off pretty bad and made a coaching change. And now they've been playing a lot better since then. Well, okay. So, and it's uh, Pat Maroon and Zach Bogosian on that team. So, there you go, a little old home week, and uh, Joe Smith covering them for the Athletics. So, yep. hey, yep. and then you go to Boston, which we know is a good team, although they've been scuffling of late. But yeah, Lightning, you know, the Lightning are like I was just seeing the standings. They had the three, you know, teams that would be in the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. and then they're third in the wild card race. Yeah, they they keep hovering between second, third, fourth. And yeah. and their problem is is while they have as many points as the other teams, they've played more games. They played more, yeah. So these other teams have games in hand. Now you have to win games in hand to take advantage True. of it. But could be good or bad, yeah. You know, at some point the Lightning are going to get some time off, and these other teams are going to be playing games, and right. you may see teams pass you, and you don't even get to play. Well, you'd rather, I guess, want some rest towards the back end of the season as opposed to you know too soon. But so maybe that rest will help them with a the surge. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, they they don't they don't appear to be that playoff team that we've come to expect, and and you just get spoiled thinking, you know, every year, well, they're going to make the playoffs. Everybody does, but the way they're playing right now, they wouldn't be in. I don't believe they so. just they just seem to make too many mistakes in their own zone, and, and it's easy mm-hmm. to say they play bad defense. I don't think they do. It's once they get the puck, it's the decisions they make with the puck that's been the they issue. Turn it over, yeah. yeah. It's their defense in their own end is actually pretty good, and, and right. the analytics I believe show that. And and yeah. John Cooper's talked about it. But once they get the puck, getting that puck out, starting their rushes, making good decisions with it in your own zone, that's where they've had problems. And it's you know whether it's the new systems or whether it's just trying to do too much. That. You know, I don't understand that. Wouldn't you just get it up against the wall and, and send it down there, man? I know you can't ice it, but I'm just saying like. You got Braden Point, who can absolutely skate it across all the mm-hmm. time. He's not out there in every shift. It's weird. By the but way, I right. saw I saw Chris Crenn with the Lightning had a tweet about Braden Point. Uh, in that third period against Florida on December 27th, he was skating at 24.15 miles per hour. Oh, my God. The fastest speed recorded by any player in the NHL this season. <laughs> Jesus. That's a damn car, man. Jeez. That's really fast. I wouldn't want. And here's the thing: you're playing where there's on on skates, okay, and mm-hmm. ice, and they're surrounded by boards. <laughs> you really want to go 24 miles? And guys that are trying there. to hit you, and guys trying to nail you into those boards, yeah, and and knock you off your skates. Yeah. Like that's oof, that's fast. I, that is really fast. Well, we'll see if they're able to uh, get a win at least on this road trip, uh, three game road trip, I guess it is. And then Matt Baker will join us to tell us what we didn't really know about the national semifinals and who will win for all you guys out there. I know you guys are gambling. I know you're betting on this game. So you want some knowledge, listen to Matt Baker. He's going to give you what he thinks about the Michigan and the Washington game. I don't think, I think I'd, first of all, scared money doesn't win, which is why I don't gamble. But I think I'd stay away from this one. I think it's too close. I really do. I don't know. I don't really have a great feeling. I think Michigan's better. But I know the sports win. books won big on the Michigan Bama game. Did they? Because there was Is a ton right? of money on Bama on the money line. Really? Okay. Yeah. So the sports okay. books made out big on that game from what I well, saw. I mean, I think that's you're taking Nick Saban and the, the, him being in that game mm-hmm. so many years and pulling it out. So. Now, someone also told me, too, and I have to go back to make sure, but. This is the first time in the national championship that a team has made it that doesn't wear the swoosh on their the Nike swoosh on their jersey. Oh, is that the uh, Michigan wears the, Jumpman, which is Nike, but yeah, it's Jumpman. Close enough. And and uh, Washington wears Adidas. 
Neither close. neither team wears the Nike swoosh. It's the first time in the college football playoff final, the, the championship, that a team has made it that doesn't have a swoosh on their jersey. Wow. Nothing against Adidas, but like Arkansas State wears Adidas for a reason. Okay. I'm well, saying. maybe next year they're going to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right after they beat Michigan. And new head coach, Bob Brian Greasy. Ooh. You scoop? that name. You got a scoop? Yeah. Well, he's a Michigan man. He is. I actually think, listen, I, and I don't know, I don't know nothing about nothing, okay? I talked to Brian when we were in San Francisco, one of my favorite guys to cover. Uh, can You know, he, he had a sort of reputation of being a little churlish at times. I think that was mostly from all the stuff that happened in Denver. But, like, uh, he's done an unbelievable job with the quarterbacks out there in San Francisco, and especially Brock Purdy, obviously. But when you think of, you know, the Trey Lance and, and they had Garoppolo and he was, you know, didn't know if he wanted to coach. It kind of, kind of came to him. He wasn't looking to be a, 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 you know, an assistant coach. And you end up being a quarterbacks coach with Shanahan. And of course, the Shanahan's go way back, and he played for for uh, Kyle's dad and all that. Um, but he's done one hell of a job. Why not? If he wants to coach and spend that many hours, and I haven't talked to him about college versus pro or any of that. But man, if Michigan called. How about you? How about your Rose Bowl MVP from what year was it? Like 1998 19- Rose Bowl, 1997 there, season. There you so. go, man. I remember watching that. It, I, it was be, a cool be game. Michigan quarterback coaching Michigan followed by a Michigan quarterback coaching Michigan. How awesome would that be? Makes too much sense. It'll never happen. They'll hire Rich Rodriguez or somebody. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> and run a different offense. If Rich Rodriguez doesn't lose the, uh, what was it, the Big East championship game or whatever. They would have been going to the playoff that year, and he would have never been hired at Michigan. But they That's lost true. that last game, didn't make the playoff, or the BCS back then. Wow. Yeah, you're right. He would have, West Virginia would have been in the BCS championship game, and he wouldn't have left before that game to go to Michigan. So, Wow. Sliding doors, man. It's funny how we're all connected. And you're all connected to us on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We appreciate you guys listening each and every day. Uh, we'll have uh, more chances for mailbag throughout the week. And, of course, Matt Baker going to join us and talk a little college football, the national championship game. And, uh, oh, boy, what a just a debacle the whole Orange Bowl was and what he thinks of Florida State. we got lots to discuss with Matt Baker coming up later on our podcast sports day tampa bay thanks for listening happy 2024 for steve Burstick. i'm rick stroud tampa bay times have a great day everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market